One person we know that always had thick skin because he was out there when the game was on the line and he succeeded most of the time. That's Greg Olson, uh, the Otter. Greg, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks I, for having me. I think you remember my co-host, Craig Heist, because yeah. Craig must have had his mic in your face quite a bit in the old <laughs> days. <laughs> Hey, yeah. Craig, how are you? I'm good. The only thing I remember about uh, a lot of those, uh, you know, teams were, you know, Frank, number one, right? Uh, you know, and, and the way he, of course, we had the why not year, and then a little after that, uh, Johnny Oates after that, uh, you, know, you know, and while the teams weren't all that great after 89, uh, still some pretty, pretty fun baseball, especially when you, oh, got, yeah. when you got a chance to watch this guy close games out. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It was, uh, you know, we just had the reunion for the 25th anniversary of Camden Yards and, and uh, had the 1992 team back, and it was it was great to get back together, you know, um, really other than other than Cal and, and Mike and Mike Messina. Um, you know, we got, those are the only two guys that kind of finished finished the game well, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, you know, and you, you look at our roster, and it was – Baltimore always did a lot with um, role players, you know, guys that that the fans loved, and and they did a good job when they were in there, and and uh, you know, and after everybody left, it was, you know, the, the careers didn't turn out to be what they looked like they might. They started in Baltimore, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Finley had a great career, never, you know, never went to the high end of the of the spectrum. Um, Schilling obviously finished well, but never did anything in Baltimore. Myself, uh, blowing out in Baltimore. You know, Ben McDonald got hurt and, and never finished what, you know, he looked like he was going to be. So, Greg, you let me interrupt you there for one second. You refer to yourself as kind of blowing out in Baltimore? I mean, you, you yeah, blew yeah. out in terms of the arm, but not, yeah, perfor- yeah. not performance-wise. That's what he's talking about, I'm okay. sure. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it. Uh, you know, I, I, I sit there, I, I can relate to Tiger Woods. I can relate to, yeah. you lose, I lost, I lost the edge of invincibility. Uh-huh. You know, I was, I was, I was out there invincible and, uh, got hurt and really, you know, I lost a little bit on the fastball and my breaking ball never, you know, there would, there would be a couple of them every once in a while, but they were never the consistent. I could never, you know, after I got hurt in 93, I could never get to two strikes and oh two count and just go here here's here's two of them and one of them you're going to be out yeah it doesn't you, matter you know if you can take this one fine the next one's going to be over the plate and you're out or else you're going to swing at one of them and i never never got to that point so then i became a you know all right gotta figure out how to get you out and uh never never was quite the same after that well that period of in- invincibility uh, I was at Oakland the, the day that you uh, uh, took down Parker, Conseco, and McGuire in order, and that was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen on the baseball field. I appreciate that. And that was uh, that was one of those moments where I try to explain it to people that aren't um, in my body, and it doesn't sound very good. So, you know, it was. Literally, you know, I went the eighth inning and, and uh, had been a setup guy and had a decent month, nothing great, but I was starting to, you know, kind of get my feeling of being in the major leagues. And, and um, I went the eighth and was thrown, you know, threw really well in the eighth and then went and sat in the dugout and 
shut down because Mark Williamson had been closing games. And, you know, just kind of sat there. I was getting ready to watch the ninth, and, you know, I did my job, and I was happy and literally started shutting down. And then I started realizing nobody was coming over to tell me that I was out. (laughs) You know, and I kind of started looking around going, I am out, right? And then I went down to the bullpen, and Williamson wasn't warming up. And I was like, all right, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. (laughs) Who was your pitching coach then? Was it Al Jackson? It was. Yeah. And uh, so, no, you know – I started realizing, and I was like, oh, crap, you know, because I went 8 nine, one And I was like, they are so not doing this. Well, and it was literally literally one of those where it was just going, okay, all right, yeah, you're, you're good. All right, you can do this. Yeah, but, and uh, no, nobody came over and said anything. Yeah, but when you're sitting there and you're trying to figure all this out, you're probably thinking to yourself, wait a minute, McGuire can say go Parker. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I, did, I, I really, I didn't even look. Oh, okay. And and for me, um, for me at that point in like eighty nine, ninety, ninety one, I had no concept. I mean, I had a concept, but I I couldn't tell you where things were going to end up because I didn't know where I was throwing things. I was throwing fastballs as hard as I could throw them in the middle of the box, and I was throwing my breaking ball as hard as I could throw it somewhere down in the bottom of the zone I didn't care where and that was me so for me in scouting reports I was like well yeah McGuire's a great breaking ball hitter but I kind of got to throw him a breaking ball <laughs> and um I don't have any other pitch other than a fastball and a breaking ball and I'm not eliminating one because hypothetically he's a good breaking ball hitter mm-hmm. so I didn't have any idea nor care who was coming up other than the fact that they were really good and I was like I'm 22. I shouldn't be doing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with Greg Olson, former Orioles closer. And Greg, you mentioned just this concept of losing the edge of uh, of invincibility. Uh, I've gotten to know Ben McDonald a little bit now in his second life in Baltimore doing play-by-play. And I heard him on another talk show in town talking about, you know, because like yourself – he was out of the game by about the age of 31-ish. Yeah. Um, and how rough a time he had adjusting to life without baseball. Was it the same for you? Yeah, I couldn't. Um, you know, I, I, I hit another nine teams after Baltimore, you know, and, and explained to my kids about fighting for, fighting for what you want. I, I went to camp in... 95, 96, 97, 98, 94, you know, as a minor league, as a minor right. league free agent. And, um, you know, there was no major league contract. And I know there was no minor league contract. If I didn't make it, I was out. And, um, so yeah, I was, I was fighting for jobs. So by the time I got done with the Dodgers in 01, I, I'd blown my elbow out again. Right. And, um, had a couple other issues and was kind of a mess so went to camp in 02 was still screwed up got released by the pirates and then you know took took all the two off i was trying to you know find find a good reason to to get the surgery and and take the year off and get healthy um just didn't pull the trigger and took 03 i went and tried out 04, I went down to camp with the Diamondbacks as an advisor and, you know, was throwing BP and the, the pitching coach came over and said, you know, your breaking ball's better than anybody else's in camp right now. Mm-hmm. 
And he goes, why don't you go home, take all the time you need to get, you know, to get it going again and gear up and, and then give me a call and, and, uh, we'll bring you in. And I went home and, and, uh, fought for a month and, you know, got to the point where I got to at the end of my career where, you know, like I couldn't throw a fastball over 90%. Right. And, uh, the breaking ball was fine. The breaking ball didn't hurt, which was shocking, but the fastball hurt. And, uh. You know, so it, it took me, I mean, that, that in itself is almost three years of me, you know, trying to play. Right. So, yeah, I completely understand what Ben's talking about. And, and uh, you know, I didn't want to get back in the game as a pitching coach and, you know, for a while. And I finally got back in as a advanced scout for the Padres in, I think, 09. It took me a long while to be able to watch baseball, talk about baseball, yeah, it just hurt. Yeah. I always wondered, as, as as the years went by, I always wondered what a rotation that included Ben McDonald along with Mike Messina would have been like for an extended period of time. Well, and then you throw in, you know, we tried Kurt Schilling. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, you know, Harnish... Harnish would, you know, Harnish ended up having, you know, having good years through at least 98. Um, yeah, there were, there were pieces there that uh, it would have been, you know, we traded Finley. You know, Brady Brady stayed for a long time. Devereaux had a good career. Right. Yeah, if they would have kept the pieces, it would have been pretty interesting. But, you know, when uh, Angelos came in in 90, end of 93 was when they cut me loose. Right. And um, I think probably soon after ninety, I don't, I don't know if it was ninety five, ninety six. You know, the Orioles delved into free agency for the first time in their history. You know, they, we never got free agents my five or six years there, other than minor league guys or Triple A guys, or you know, we really didn't. And it was always homegrown. So. I don't know. I don't know what it would look like. It would have been pretty interesting, though. Yeah. Know? Hey, hey, Greg, my producer just handed me a note, and I'd forgotten about this. Buck Showalter, of course, is the manager of the Baltimore Orioles. He managed you in 1998 and 99. You were the pitcher that he ordered to throw the intentional walk to Barry Bonds with the bases loaded. I was. That was me. What did you think when he came out and, or, or signaled from the dugout to do that, did you think it was crazy, or were you relieved? <laughs> probably, probably thought the same thing you did when you were in the dugout, going, "Wait a minute, am I done yet, or what?" <laughs> do you want the long version or the short version? I'll take, I'll, I'll take, but uh, we've got the long version. We got time for that. Well, I came in, I came in in the eighth to face. We had a two-run lead. Bonds was Bonds had the day off, and. We were winning, I don't know, seven to five, hypothetically, seven okay. to five. And so Bonds pinch hits in the eighth, in the bottom of the eighth. And I'm warming up. I'm closing for Arizona. And um, so they put me in the face Bonds. And I don't know, Bonds had, I don't know, some explosive year. And um, <clears throat> went through the sequence. I got behind three and one. I threw a good breaking ball. You know, he wasn't going to swing at it. I got 3-2, and then I threw the perfect, perfect fastball down and away and just locked him up. And the umpire called it ball four. 
And so he peels off all his gear, standing in the box like I just intentionally walked him, and walked down to first base. I'm sitting there looking at him going, everybody else in the league is out. Right. And I'm in the dugout. And I said, don't do that. And I was like, all right, whatever. Got the next guy out. It starts to rain. Duh. We get a home run to make it 8-5. to five. And I get out of the mound to get the first guy out on a strikeout. And then, you know, the, the wet footing starts <clears throat> starts bothering me. And um, I end up walking, I think I walked six in an inning and two-thirds, inning and a third. I walked six guys, uh, gave up a double to Jeff Kent. Well, it comes around now that I'm 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 up in the 40 pitches. You know, you saw Giles last night, and they're saying, you know, this is his most pitches he's thrown right. in a game was 32. I'm in the 40s. And we got a kid that we just signed from the Mexican League that was left-handed warming up in the bullpen. And I, I'm, I'm physically exhausted because it had been intense, you know, throughout that whole ninth inning and the eighth inning a little bit. And so Bonds comes back up, and the guy on deck, Brent Main, wore me out. He killed me. He was like 4 for 10 or 5 for 11 in his career. So it wasn't like it was a great move back, you know, move down in the matchup. Right. Um, so I'm out there, and it's like Bonds comes up. I'm just going, all right, let's, let's see what I can pull out of this bag of tricks because I got nothing left. <laughs> and uh, so I'm standing there. I was like, you know what? could just hit him <laughs> you know and, and and pay him back for that that peeling all his stuff off in the batter's box if i hit him right and if i if i miss then we intentionally walk him anyway so there's no downside to this plan and then buck stands up and puts the four and i'm kind of standing on the mound going well i can't hit him now <laughs> i was like all right crud you know so we go through it and then well then the next guy Brent Main comes up, and I get a head count, try to punch him out to end the game, and it's it becomes a foul ball, 3-2. I think he fouled off like five 3-2 fastballs. And they're just middle of the plate, little sinker, and it was just one after another, after another, after another, and just kept fouling him back. I'm like, will you just please do something? <laughs> just end the game one way or the other right now, please. I'm just done. And he finally hits a medium liner to right field, and we win. And I walked into Showalter's office after having a couple milks immediately after I walked into the clubhouse. <laughs> and I just said, hey, Buck, you got a minute? And he goes, yeah, well, what do you got? And I said, you know, apparently we just did something that hasn't happened in 47 years. Right. I said, could you, um, next time that you know we, we do something this odd, <laughs> could you walk out and have a mound talk with me? <laughs> And he just looked at me and goes, what are you talking about? I said, I wanted to hit him. I would have killed him. <laughs> I said, I had a four seam right in the middle of his numbers, as hard as I could throw a ball. Right. And he just looks at me and goes, I didn't even think of that. And I said, <laughs> I said, and I was just looking at him, I was like, mound conversation. You know, I, I, I fancy myself reasonably intelligent. I thought this one through. I wanted to kill him. Right, because that was a free shot at him. That is amazing. And he just looks at me and he goes, 
Didn't even think about that one. I was like, yeah, he would have been walking down the first baseline going, there's no way he did that on purpose. That's a great, that's that's a a great great story. Hey, let me ask you this. What do you remember about your only home run did you hit? Uh, Which was your first at bat, right? No, I I had uh, three at bat. Oh, your only hit. That's right. And struck out all three times looking poorly. Um, Funny thing was, the 3-2 pitch before it, I kind of just, Check swinged and fouled it off. It would have been strike three. And it was like, oh, it's still alive. It's, you know, the guy was kind of a weird right-handed, looked like he was throwing right at me. And this is going to sound amazingly bizarre, but he threw the pitch. And as I saw it, I said to myself, I can hit this. It's, it's it was, a, who, who, was the, who was the pitcher? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Oscar Henriquez. All right. But but he that's got down, he got sent down a week later. But for me, it's in, in, <laughs> that's the old adage. You know, that's the old adage, though. The the game really slowed down, down for right. you, all right? No, it it really does. It's hard to explain. But the longer you play, it really you know on if somebody laid down a bunt or a swinging bunt, I knew exactly how long I had. You know, you, yeah. you really do. And so, you know, I try to explain it, and it's it's impossible to explain because I can't say I can hit this pitch in a half a second. But wow. I did. Wow. So it was it was just one of those where I saw it, slowed down, he threw the only pitch I could hit, and right when I hit it, I was like, I just went deep. <laughs> I was like, all right. I was like, all right, I just made it 12 to 4. Run as fast as you can because I don't want the next guy to get hit because that's then I'm going to have to hit the first guy the next inning, and then I'm the one that's going to get in the fight. That's right. That's a great story. And that's literally the idea of every now and then you run into one, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just keep swinging the bat, and you might hit one. Hey, Greg, you got to witness pretty much firsthand all the trials and tribulations that Brady Anderson had in establishing himself as an everyday player in the major leagues. Uh, I think the Orioles acquired him in 88 in that trade. In the Boddicker deal. In the Boddicker deal where we got Schilling and Anderson for Boddicker going to the Red Sox. But he didn't immediately make it. He struggled for mightily for three seasons until they moved into Camden Yards and Johnny Oates uh, said, you know what, you're going to be my leadoff hitter and everyday left fielder. your your thoughts about your ex teammate and and how how it took him that long, but what he established himself into being. Well, you know what I mean. He he, he was always talented. He always you know had glimpses. Um, great defensive outfielder. Um, always had you know you'd, you'd have little glimpses of what he could be. You know, every once in a while, not very often. And so he was you know doing the part time, and it it didn't. There's so much to be said for confidence in baseball. You know, if you're confident in the pitch that I'm going to throw, I'm going to make that pitch. If you're confident at the plate, you know, regardless of what's going on, you, you got to, you're going to put a good at bat on it. And I, I really think that gave him a little bit of confidence. And I think it probably took him, you know, weeks of that first year where he was playing every day to go, okay, they're really not taking putting me on the bench. I'm really out here. And Brady, Brady's confident, a very confident person anyway. Yep. And, uh, you know, he carried an air of confidence even when he was part-time playing and hitting 200. He was still a very confident person. So I'm sure that just added to his fire and 
you know, once he saw that, hey, I really am out here every day, let's go. And it kicked him into what he was. I'm sure there was more to it, but, you know, that's what I saw. <laughs> We're talking with Greg Olson. Greg, uh, when I recollect your career, I know you played for Frank Robinson and Johnny Oates in Baltimore. Uh, you played for a lot of different managers. Buck, like you mentioned, in Arizona. Who stands out to you as as maybe the the best person and then separately the best manager you ever played for? Well, I mean, people-wise, Johnny Oates was as, as good a human being as there was. Yeah. Um, Bobby Cox was as good a human being as there was. You know, I'm not saying any of the other guys weren't. I'm just saying those two guys really were just really solid you know, honorable men. And I'm not saying anything. I'm not against anybody else. I mean, that's why, that's why Buck wears number 26 here as manager of the Orioles. Cause it was a number Johnny wore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Johnny was that type of guy. Yeah. He was, he was really a, a great human being. Um, manager wise, you know, Buck, Buck probably bar none for me. You know, I had Bobby Cox. I had Bob Boone. I had, Davey Johnson, um, Jim Tracy had so many managers. Yeah. Buck was, for me, was, you know, always one of the the best. Even with and his lack, even with his lack, he, even with his lack of communication with you. Oh, that was just one of those, you know what? He really, you know, I don't know. He, he's changed since then. Yeah. You know, um, and I don't know if I helped him in any of that because, you know, I, I was a very, uh, I was probably one of the few really, I don't know if I was a thinking mm-hmm. closer. And, you know, we just, you know, we, we just kind of figured things out. I mean, early, you know, early in that same year, 98, you know, I struggled and I, I had been struggling a little bit in April and uh, we were playing the Padres and I kind of stunk in the first inning. I walk out in the Padres and give up two and, and I was really just trying to find a breaking ball, so I was really fighting. And and I uh, walk in the dugout, and he just kind of came over and patted me on the butt and said, "You're done." And I said, "Hey, look, send me back out there." I said, "You know, the way I'm pitching, I'm not going to be any meaningful game tomorrow." And I said, "This game's not meaningful now." I said, "Send me back out there. I, I need to find my breaking ball. I need to find myself, and I'm just missing a little bit." And I said, "Let me just go back out there while I'm hot." Right. And this game, and he just kind of looks at me, and goes. Okay. That's interesting. Wow. I just talked to manager into leaving me in the game. I said, I have never been able to do that. You know, as many years as you can kind of fight for guys. And and, uh, he just kind of looks at me and goes, okay. And I went back out and, you know, one, two, three, boom, boom, boom. And then after that, I took over the closer's job in about two weeks and and, um, ended up having a great year in 98. And I think that was a big part of it because he just, you know, he listened and, and, uh, that's a a great story. That's a great story. Greg, tell our listeners out there and Craig Heiss, because I know a little bit about what you're doing today, but uh, why don't you tell our listeners, and then we'll let you get on your way out to what you're doing. Well, actually, today I flew down and saw my uh, two kids in Auburn, and I'm going to uh, <clears throat> the Auburn LSU game in Baton Rouge. I am staying with uh, our friend Ben McDonald. And, uh, there you go. Going to the LSU game in about an hour, so I was kind of like, "Okay, what time are you guys calling me?" 
When when you um, see when you see Ben today, ask him. Just say Heisty wants to know what his feelings were about the Troy game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll pass that on. Yeah, but uh, I've been uh, I've been running an underwear company called Toolshed Sports. It's, uh, you know, ToolshedUSA.com. We sell um, sell sliding shorts with the underwear to Major League Baseball. We got 27 teams that buy it. Alabama football, USC football. That's all great. Customers. Yeah, and they're called tool. Uh, it's called Toolshed Sports. Yeah, but you'll find it at ToolshedUSA.com. Uh, Toolshed. Yep, on dot com. All right, we got to do a and story all, in press box about that. That's a, that's yeah, very all, cool. All American, all American made. I know I'm talking to the people that live in Under Armour world, but yep. Um, it's kind of the same stuff, but it's all American made and, and, uh, you know, got, uh, 27 major league teams that are wearing it and it's awesome. That's awesome. Good, good fitting stuff. Even for guys who might be a little punchy, a little punchy like us. Of course. (laughs) Of course. I'm I'm sure you're not punchy. Come on. No, we're fat. Um, We're fat. (laughs) (laughs) We're just fat. Greg, we really appreciate you being on. We'll catch you down the road. I'll reach out to you every once in a while, and I'm, I am going to put that in our hopper to do a story on that. Uh, you got any? You got any schools in the Maryland area? I mean, you talking to University of Maryland? Oh, of course or? not. Yeah. No, there's no. You know what? There, there are certain places that I know better than even to try, and you know the Maryland region. No shot, and uh, of course in Oregon I got no shot. So yeah. oh, okay, I yeah. got you. All right, you're not bucking up against yeah. Under Armour or Nike. All well, right. I buck up against them enough. You know, it's uh, Under Armour's. Under Armour's been good to us. They've so. All right. Yeah, we appreciate you. Won't your... find us anywhere in Maryland. All right, <laughs> we appreciate your being on. Your kids are going both going to school there in Auburn. I got two at Auburn and two at home. That's great. All right. Well, we're happy uh, things are going well for you, and we thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Otter. Yep. All right. Enjoy the All game right. today. And say hi to Ben McDonald. All right. There you have it.